1: And friends, welcome on in to episode 239 of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield, back with you after the summer layoff. Back in the big chair for today, Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. And we got a big show for you today. A little bit later, we're going to talk to Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots and Pat's Country over at Sports Illustrated. He was at the first padded practices for the New England Patriots as training camp unfolds. We're going to talk to him about all things New England from... Offensive play callers to questions about the defense and of course Mac Jones. We're also going to talk about Mac Jones himself, the idea of a ceiling, and what I'm looking for here in year two of the Mac Jones experience. I'll also catch you up with what's been going on in my life. Because hey, as I've always said, it's my show. But first, your usual cavalcade of reminders. Please do follow on with the hijinks on the staker map at Mark Schofield. Check out the work. And a variety of places that you know by now, USA Today's Touchdown Wire. You're looking at me. You're looking at me from a couple of different pods now, BGN, the QB Factory reboot with Rachel Prabette, and also Talking the Star. Myself, Connor Livesley. I. That's right. I have added a Cowboys podcast to the rotations, and of course, right here at Pat's pulpit. So what have I been up to? Well. A lot of coaching. It was a summer filled with baseball that is finally wound down. Shout out to the UMAC Attack All-Stars 10U team. Had a very, very, very successful string of tournaments, including like uh, the best way to sort of sum up how the boys did this summer. Our first tournament, we went one and one in pool play and lost our first elimination game 20 to 2. Actually, 20 to 1. 20 to 1. Our last tournament. 2-0 in pool play, and we lost in the championship game. We got to bring some hardware home. And the tournament before that, lost in the semifinals. And so we saw a lot of growth from the kids, which was a ton of fun. We had a great group of kids, a great group of players, great group of parents, great group of coaches to be a part of. So it was a super fun summer from that perspective. And a moment of personal pride here. My son Owen, I think he hit six nineteen for the summer had his first legit home run. had a ground rule double in another game that I, I still to this day maintain from my vantage point coach in first base, it got over the fence on the fly. I think he'd get home cooked on that one. And he played extremely well. and so it was super fun for him. It was super fun. Uh, we had a road trip where you got to stay overnight at a hotel, myself, some of the other coaches, some of the other kids on the team because we had a you know an early game and a tournament, you know, kind of out of town. So that was fun, fun little bonding experience for him and some of his teammates. And so it was nice to get some baseball under his belt, some travel baseball. That was super fun. Now we look ahead to rec season in the fall. Um, So that was fun from that perspective. Other than that, not a whole heck of a lot, kids. Haven't really missed much. Have you missed me? Probably not, but it is good to be back behind the microphone. And I do want to transition here into Mac Jones. Because anybody listening to this show, whether you're a Patriots fan or not, is at some level wondering what we're going to see from year two of the Mac Jones experience. And Bill Belichick, the old venerable ball coach, as we all know, is often Shall we say, a little bit tight lipped when it comes to praising players? That seems to be out the window this year. You know, he I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, and he, he's talking about some players. Talking about guys that have made leaps. And with respect to Mac Jones, he said he saw, a, quote, dramatic improvement from Mac Jones. Which has only fueled the idea that we are about to see. A year two leap from Mac Jones. Now, what might that look like? I think sort of can come in various forms, depending on sort of who you talk to. But if you think back to last year, as I said on this show, talking to people in and around the league, the overwhelming sentiment was, this is what we expected, right? This was the Mac Jones case, that he was going to be Ready to go, gonna take care of the football, not make you look foolish, run your offense. He was the quote floor prospect of that quarterback class. And the discussion would then change to tell me what happens in two years, talk to me in two years, which then gets us into the word ceiling, which was the word that was used all last year the idea that Mac Jones has a ceiling, there is only so much that he can do, he's limited. And as I and others sort of talked about as the season went on and sort of broke down as the season went on, that ceiling looks a little bit different than what we thought before he was drafted, right? You look at what Mac Jones did last year. You look at some of what he did athletically, some of what he did even with his arm, and you're like, you know what? This idea that he's like got a hard deck. Yeah, that's a Top Gun Maverick reference, kids. If you haven't seen it, please go fix that. If he's got this sort of hard cap sealant, strict limitation on what he can do, you've changed that view at this point. Because he showed last year that there's more potential than perhaps we thought. His game translated a little bit better athletically and in other ways than many people expected. And so this idea headed into year two is if we thought he was going to be, you know, a lot of pre-draft comparisons, Garoppolo cousins maybe it's more of a Matt Ryan you know maybe this idea of what he could ultimately be as a quarterback you have to reframe your expectations here you have to reset your calibrations on it and think you know maybe instead of at the top of tier two he can crack the door at the bottom of tier one or maybe you know instead of the bottom of tier two he can crack the top of tier two like however you want to look at it however you want to sort of rank them like, there's an opportunity for him to be better than what people thought. And so that has shifted into discussions about, as we'll talk about with Mike debated in a minute, you know, improved mechanics, improved diet, working with Tom House, added more velocity and things like that. And yes, myself along with, I think everybody listening to the show, we're going to be looking for, you know, improved velocity, ability to stick it into tight windows, all those sort of things. But there's another area, and Mike will talk about this in a second when we talk to him, There, where I think we can see great improvement from Mac Jones. And I actually wrote about this when Belichick brought up his praise and talked about, you know, the dramatic improvement that he had seen from Mac Jones. When I wrote about that, I highlighted an area where I think he can improve beyond the sort of arm talent velocity discussion pressure recognition particularly in the pre-snap and immediate post-snap phase. And I highlighted a play and I've talked about a play from another play from the same game, the game against Atlanta. I think gave us some great examples of where he can improve as a quarterback. And I broke down one such play in the article and I talked about another you know, during the season last season when it happened but there were he was sacked 3 times in that game. Now on one of those look I just don't think he had a prayer. Like did they caught him on a play action design this was a sack in the second quarter at the 619 mark. I don't think he had a prayer on that one. So I'm excusing that one. It's the other two that I'm sort of talking about. One was right before halftime with under a minute to go. Now they're leading 10 nothing. But right before the snap, they've got trips to the right. And this is the play that's in the article if you want to see it. They've got trips to the right, and it's zone indicators all around, right? Corners are playing off in zone technique, you know, feet sort of angled towards the middle of the field, not towards their receiver, all sorts of zone indicator cues. And you see the slot defender start to creep downhill, and the safety start to rotate behind him. Again, pre-snap. Classic sort of blitz tell, like your mind's telling you, yeah, 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 blitz is coming. Now, protection-wise, you know, they kind of slide this. It's it's a three-man slide to the right. Center, right guard, right tackle. They slide to the right, and there's four guys over there, you know, defensive tackle, edge defender, that slot defender, and the linebacker. Now, If all four come and you've got a three-man slide to the right and it looks like the back is free release on the back side, working away from that anyway, that's not going to get blocked up. Now, uh, my assumption here is he's thinking only three of these guys are coming. We've got three. So he's thinking, my assumption is, this is blocked up. I'm good. We're straight. We're set. The problem is, The defensive tackle and the edge defender, even though they only bring three, do a really good job at occupying those two, occupy the three that they have in protection, and that slot guy comes clean, and Jones makes the assumption that he's good and doesn't confirm it post-snap. And this is an area where, as a young quarterback, you can see growth because, you know, the old saw about life, if you assume you know what happens, but as a quarterback... It's one thing to assume that it's good. It's another thing to have the ability to just trust that you're good, but verify it, right? Take that millisecond of a look to that right side. Say, oh, I'm not good. I got to get this out. And that comes with reps. That comes with experience. That comes with familiarity with the offense and what you're doing and being comfortable with everything you're seeing with your eyes in the secondary and up front. And that's an area that pre-snap, pressure recognition to post-snap pressure confirmation that I think Jones can take a huge step forward this year. And frankly, I'm more curious with that than anything else. Because if you sort of look through the times he was sacked last year, looking at it right now, I've got every time he was sacked on my screen right now in front of me, you know, and I'm, I'm sort of scanning through them right now. And yes, there were some you know, missed blocks and things like that. But there were, he was sacked 31 times. Some of those were on him. You know, PFF is maintained for a long time and they're in part correct. There are times when quarterbacks are a, I mean, sacks are a quarterback stat. You've got to do some things mentally to avoid those. And that's what I'm going to be looking for for Mac Jones and YouTube I think that's an area where he can show dramatic improvement. And yes, the arm talent, the athleticism, that stuff's so, so all fun. But if he figures that piece out, you want to talk about ceilings? Like throw the idea of ceiling out the window. But that's enough for me. There will be more Top Gun Maverick references as the summer goes on and we get into the fall. Again, it was 100% fan fiction, absolutely, but I absolutely loved it. Um, one other quick note. We're still finalizing here at Pat's Pulpit at the Pulpit, the, the podcast schedule right now. Until the season starts, I'm going to be looking at like a weekly, like Tuesday kind of situation. Um, I might shift to Wednesdays. We're still sorting things out. Probably going to be one show during the week. Maybe two shows still sorting that stuff out as well. Um, But if you can, now that we're back and we're rolling, the guys are doing shows from training camp and things like that, make sure you subscribe to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast feed, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. It does help. Um So please do that if you can. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones about the show. Up next, joining us from Patriots training camp, Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots, as well as Pat's Country over at Sports Illustrated. He's going to talk some Mac Jones, some of this stuff as well. Uh, The stuff about the play caller, which I didn't get a chance to get into. All that fun stuff. That's ahead here on episode 239 of the SCO Show.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
1: And welcome back to episode 239 of The Sco Show, the semi triumphant return of The Scope Show, as I said in the first part of the show, uh, coming back after the off-season hiatus, but we are back and I am pleased right now to get our first of what I hope will be many, many conversations. With the one and only Mike DeBate, you can catch him daily on Locked On Patriots, as well as serving as the lead Patriots reporter for Pat's Country uh, Sports Illustrated. And he is kind enough to join us here for a little bit here on Monday. We're recording this on Monday from him. Uh, he's, he's able to see the first practice. so We're excited about that. So without further ado, Michael, my friend, how are you, buddy?
0: I'm great Mark always my honor and always my pleasure to join you on the microphone and I still say it every day and I'll continue to say it each day I take the microphone for lockdown patriots I still try to do it right in your honor I never might get there, but I always strive for that and uh, you uh, you set the table very high my friend but uh, you're as gracious as gracious can be so this is always my honor and always my privilege.
1: Well, Mike, as I always tell you, when you're kind enough to have me on Locked on Patriots, you've taken that show in a much bigger direction, or a much better direction than I ever took it. So I feel like I feel like the quality leadoff hitter, and you're that quality number three guy that like gets me home, and I appreciate everything you've done. It's been a joy <laughs> to watch you sort of grow and continue to expand your coverage. It's always exciting to see. Well, let's get to some good stuff here. We're back. Football is back. Does it feel good to be back from your perspective, just at a personal level, back to camp, back to football, back to uh, Patriots football here?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, for the first time in three years, I, I think we're really seeing camp the way we remember covering it, the way we remember it, uh, being a little bit closer to the players, interaction. The fan interaction is, is back this year, and that's something that really hasn't been there the last couple of years. Of course, 2020, you know, no access to training camp, no uh, you know, uh, fans or anything of that nature. Last year started to creep in a little bit, but watching the fan reaction uh, to this team and seeing the fan reaction to this team, especially after all the national prognosticators said that no one was going to be interested Interested in the Patriots after Tom Brady left, uh, these stands are filled every single day. Uh, on a Monday, there was an excellent crowd. Saturday's crowd was a spillover; they had to start opening up the balconies to get people in to be able to watch practice. So, it's definitely great to be back in the saddle, and it's good to see this team because there's a lot of intriguing players and a lot of big questions heading into 2022, and we're starting to get some of the seedlings of what might be answers to those questions.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Monday, because we are recording this on Monday, which was the first padded practice. And so I know you were down there for that. How did that go? How was the energy level? What was sort of the post practice reaction to it as well?
0: Uh, the energy level was high. I mean, there's no question about it. You put the pads on, and I know that the coaching staff has been preaching this all week long. We spoke to Matt Patricia right before practice kicked off. He says, you finally get a chance to see what's going on when those pads come on. Bill Belichick alluded to it last week. Well, next week it will be real football. And, you know, all of the uh, the coaches, Gerard Mayo, Joe Judge, they all kind of fell into line when it came to that. You really do get a chance to evaluate. There's a lot more opportunity to see the offensive line and the defense defensive line go at it, the wide receivers and the cornerbacks and the defensive backs go at it. These one-on-one drills are something that are really um, telltale when it comes to which players are emerging and which players might have had a little bit of fool's gold in the first week of practice. Not to say that guys didn't stand out and come out with big-time performances, but you also look at now with the contact a little bit up, the physicality a little bit up, these guys can really start to play their game a little bit. Um, you're separating uh, the, the, the A-team from the B-team, I guess probably the best way for me to put it. And we started to see that a little bit on Monday.
1: Now, Mike, you know I'm an offensive guy, and so I feel it's only appropriate to start on the defensive side of the ball. And honestly, that's where at least right now, or again, Monday, August 1st, that's where my concerns lie. How has that side of the ball looked so far? And do you share those concerns?
0: or Are you more worried about the offense? Uh, To tell you the truth, the more I see from the offense, my anxiety about it is starting to quell a little bit. Uh, There's definitely a switch. You're seeing a... Uh, faster tempo, I think in a lot of, uh, uh, regard, I also think you're seeing a little bit more of a simplified offensive scheme. Josh McDaniels, uh, to his credit is one of the best offensive coordinators I've ever covered. I've ever seen. I know a lot of people may roll their eyes. He had some dirt thrown at him on his way out, uh, by some members of the fan base that thought maybe his play calling got a little too cute last year or that he held Mac back a little bit. Um, but Josh ran a very complex, uh, very detail-oriented offense. I think you're seeing that loosened a little bit. Because of that, I think the players are playing a little bit more loose. Um, Mac Jones definitely looks like he's coming into his own. He's stepping into his throws much better. He's uh, you know, utilizing, I think, the extra bulk, the extra weight that he has on him uh, to be a little bit more forceful. He's throwing into much tighter windows. These are things we didn't see him do last year. Some of the throws that he's completing – Last year, Mark would have been checkdowns. They would have been incompletions or they would have been handoffs. Uh, Mac is utilizing the skill set that he developed and the enhancements, I think, in his physicality to be able to make those throws and to be able to do that on a regular basis. Uh, but you are seeing some zone uh, you know, heavy concepts in the run uh, blocking situation with the offensive line that we really got a chance to see on Monday as well. And the wideouts and the tight ends look like they are going to be a lot more active in the red zone this year. So for everybody that is scared or worried about the offense, I think the offense is going to be okay. Are they going to miss Josh's insight in games? That's really going to be the litmus test because neither Joe nor Matt have done this in a game setting in quite some time, coaching primarily on offense. That's where we're really going to see if this offense has taken the steps, proper steps forward. But But right now in terms of execution, uh, I think they look better than I expected.
1: We'll stay with the offense then. And I know you brought up the play caller. And it seems like whether it's even at a local level or even, frankly, on a national level, the I the idea, the question of who's calling plays for Mac Jones seems to be a big one. Now, I've kind of decided that we're making a mountain out of a molehill here. If you look back mm-hmm. at the last time Josh McDaniels left, Bill O'Brien didn't have the offensive coordinator title. He was offensive assistant slash quarterback coach. The offense ran pretty well. Are we making are people making too much of this play caller issue? Number one. And number two, who do you think ultimately is calling the plays once the season gets rolling?
0: I mean, yeah, I do think that it's kind of much ado about nothing. And if I'm being honest, there is some concern. And I understand where the fans are coming from. They're looking at it from a perspective. You've got an offensive minded, you know, coordinator, obviously, in Josh McDaniels, who he lived and lived and breathed offense here in New England. Mm -hmm. That's all he did. That's all he knew. Now, all of a sudden, you're replacing him with two guys who really don't have a whole lot of offensive line items on their resume. Matt Patricia. Worked under Dante Skarnick here early, had some, you know, uh, getting his feet wet in the offensive line. But mostly, I mean, he's known for his defensive prowess and as a head coach in Detroit. Joe Judge, same thing, special teams coordinator. Then he goes over and coaches the New York Giants as the head coach. Each of these guys didn't have very impressive tenures with the teams that they head coach. So now everybody's looking at it and saying, you're taking a second year quarterback like Mac Jones, who needs that type of development. And you're putting it in the hands of two guys that don't necessarily have a whole lot of offensive experience. But what I think people don't realize is that both Judge and Patricia have been head coaches in this league. Whether you're a great one or whether you're middle of the road or even whether you're a poor head coach, you still have to have knowledge of both sides of the coin. And especially with Patricia, you're starting to see that defensive prowess work its way into the offense. I had several offensive linemen this week, receivers, tight ends, even Mac Jones himself say that the insight that Matt Patricia provides on the defensive side of the ball and knowing how defenses scheme for the type of offense that they're running really has been a great insight and things that they haven't seen before. So based on that, I think you're going to see Matt Patricia take the lion's share of the play calling duties during the season. What that runs into is when he has to go out and try to coach up the offensive line. That's the only concern I have about that. Billy Yates has been pretty, uh, vocal uh, with that team this year. Maybe they're grooming him for that, but ultimately, I, I think it's going to be Patricia. But at the end of the day, Mark, you and I both know that the hoodie is the guy running the show. And if you ever need help, who's a better consigliere than Bill Belichick? He's going to be there, um, and he'll, you know, it- it- he'll be there to right the ship if anything's going wrong.
1: It would not be a Mike debate podcast without at least one <laughs> Godfather reference, and so I'm glad we got that <laughs> in there, my friend John U Smith. From mm-hmm. what I've seen, again, from afar, you're there on the ground. It seems like he's kind of emerging as I don't want to use the phrase go to weapon for Mac Jones, but it seems like there's a connection building there. Is that something you've seen as well? And if so, how important might that be for this offense?
0: Oh, without question, John who's coming in as a different guy this year. And I mean that in a good way. And that's not to say that he didn't give 110% of himself last year. John who did, he was a hard practicer. He was a very good, uh, you know, uh, inline blocker and really I think made contributions where he needed to in the wall that he was called upon. But John who's comfortable in the offense this year. He's going through the full off season gamut for the first time last year You know, had a baby, didn't come into the fold until a little bit late. And with a new guy coming in, trying to learn Josh McDaniel's offense, it's a daunting task. Johnner looks more comfortable this year. He's really rounding into that typical prototype move tight end that we thought he was going to be. That's a threat in the red zone. We saw him do it in Tennessee. I think you're going to see him do it here. And he is really developing a nice tandem combination with Hunter Henry. 18.6% of the time last year is how often the Patriots use their two tight end sets. Look for that to increase double, at least this year. In my opinion, Patriots are going to utilize those two guys and they have two good ones.
1: All right. Obviously the idea of a second year leap from Mac Jones is at the forefront of Every Patriots fan's mind right now. And it's rare, and you know this better than anybody it's rare for Bill Belichick to not only have effusive praise of one of his own players, but Mm -hmm. effusive praise of one of the younger guys. But that's what Belichick did to really open up camp, talking about dramatic improvement. Are we going to see that
0: second year leap from Matt Jones? I believe we're going to. I think. If we're being fair to Mac, if we're being fair to the Patriots, and we're being fair to the process, I think it's smart to maybe pump the brakes a little bit as to the ceiling that this kid is going to achieve in year two. There's still growing pains. We're seeing it, uh, especially on the field on Monday. Mac did not see, tried to get an overroute on Taequann Thornton, got a little too aggressive. Terrence Mitchell hopped on it, picked him off third interception in as many practices for Mac Jones. But ultimately what impresses me the most about this kid, Mark, is the poise and the leadership that he's showing. You can tell that the work that he did in the offseason, whether it be improving his diet, whether it be enhancing and trying to do what he can to, you know, bulk up, make himself a little bit more physically imposing. But most of all, working with Tom House, you can see the mechanics, the difference in the way he's able to release the football. He's got more zip. He's throwing with a lot more velocity. He's hitting guys in stride from 40, 50 yards. Had a couple of nice completions on Monday. One to Devontae Parker, which I think was the reception of the day. Another one to Tyquan Thornton, who can really fly. So if he's not overthrowing or underthrowing these guys, it's a great sign for the New England Patriots. But that poise, that ability to command his team and The teammates listening to him intently and really buying into everything that he's giving you shows that they have a lot of faith in him, shows that the uh, coaches have a lot of faith in him as well. But the faith Mac has in himself, I think, is going to carry him. So, yeah, I look for a very good season from him in year two. Um, I encourage everybody to be realistic in those expectations. But if you're expecting Mac to be better than he was in year one, I don't think you're going to be disappointed this season.
1: So let's transition for a few minutes now to the defensive side of the ball. As I said at the outset, that's kind of where my concerns lie. But so far through training camp, again, you've had just the one pad of practice. Who, if anyone, has stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball?
0: Well, in terms of defense, uh, believe it or not, a couple of standouts that I didn't expect, people that have just caught my eye, not necessarily that these guys have had the best training camp out of anybody, but two guys that I thought have been very good are uh, on the uh, the defensive uh, backside of the ball. One is Terrence Mitchell coming over from the Houston Texans. Uh, Terrence has shown a great ability on the perimeter to really uh, be solid in coverage. Uh, he has a nose for the football, um, intercepted one of Mac's passes, the first Mac uh, pass that he threw in 11 on 11s on Monday. Again, Mac you know, just didn't, you know, he didn't see, uh, you know, uh, Terrence coming out of the corner of his eye, and he read it all the way and stepped in front, was able to get it, pass intended for uh, Tyquan Thornton. So Terrence Mitchell showing an ability to maybe be that second perimeter guy opposite Jalen Mills, who's also been very good, has been a sharp eye uh, candidate for myself. The other is safety Joshua Bledsoe, and I know Bledsoe uh, has, uh, you know, been someone that's kind of I don't want to say neglected, Mark, but I don't think a lot of people have been talking about him as someone that could really be a factor in this defense, especially when you're talking about a safety group that already has Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, uh, Jabril Peppers, and Kyle Duggar. Naturally, I mean, to say that, you know, he's going to cover, you know, Carry Bill would carry uh, six uh, five safeties is a little bit, I think, beyond what anybody expected. But look, he's been Bledsoe's been solid in the D gap and in the slot, which is where he played the majority of the time when he was at Missouri. Um, I think if he can carve out that niche for himself in a big nickel heavy defensive scheme, playing a lot of man to man assignments. He could be an option as a rotational third or fourth safety, even someone that can play up close to the line of scrimmage. he has been very good about getting a nose for the football. Got a few pass breakups. was very impressive on Thursday. He had three pass breakups uh, and uh, two on opening day. So really kind of came out of the box swinging. And you're seeing that continue now that the pads are on. A lot of eyes are going to be on Bledsoe. Does he cool off or does he keep it hot? If he keeps it hot, it's going to be a lot of pressure on the Patriots to determine who's going to make it out of that safety group because right now you can make a case for all of them.
1: Athleticism on the second level of the defense, it seems like it's been a bugaboo for Patriots fans, dating back to maybe the loss to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, if not longer. And now you've got a lot of new names, a lot of guys that have to sort of step up. How has that group looked so far? And has anybody sort of emerged as a candidate to really solidify a role on that level of a D?
0: Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, I think, you know, we talked about, I talked about Bledsoe, I talked about Mitchell, and those guys are kind of opening the eyes of people. But the one guy, the mainstay that really has surprised me is Jalen Mills uh, and coming in and really, I think understanding that he's going to be called upon to maybe play that top spot at the cornerback position this year. That's a very tough Thing to succeed someone like J.C. Jackson, who had such an amazing season last year. And Jalen and J.C. do not translate into each other's strengths. It's not like, oh, OK, well, you know, J.C.'s gone. We'll just plug, you know, uh, Jalen right in and, you know, we won't know the difference. Maybe a little bit of a drop off in production, but they play the same way. Jalen has been very good, very sticky in coverage. He knows how to hang with his defenders. Um, it's early in, in camp, so we're going to see exactly what needs to be done there. But I think he's emerging as maybe the alpha uh, in that defensive backfield uh, this season. Uh, you know, that, that's definitely been a um, something that I've had my sharp eye on uh, when it comes to the Patriots' secondary. In terms of the front seven, it's really hard to get a read on those guys right now because of the fact that. Padded practice is only one day old, uh, but people that have stood out to me in terms of uh, players that have really, uh, I think, come in ready to compete. Uh, Raquan McMillan, after an injury, uh, you know, uh, riddled season that kept him out of action last year, he's looked good with the linebackers. Henry Anderson at the defensive end position has come in and he's, uh, you know, uh, played uh, the defensive end, the, rug, the uh, edge rush position last couple of days without Dietrich Wise in the lineup. Don't be a bit surprised to see him compete for a roster spot as well. So those are the guys that I have my eye on, and I think they've looked pretty good so far in camp.
1: Tremendous stuff here from Mike. Please do follow Mike on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L, and we'll get you out of here on this, my friend. And it's pretty much an open-ended question. Take it anywhere you want to go. What are your expectations for the rest of training camp as well as the start of preseason games?
0: Uh, Training camp and preseason, I think, is going to be more of the same. I think you're going to see the Patriots start to move in the direction of the way this team was put together last year. And I think you're going to see them build on that. Um, obviously there were problems defending the run last year. That's a big key question that a lot of people are having. Um, are the Patriots going to be able to get that solid play up front from their defensive front to be able to facilitate run defense and have the younger linebackers get the speed to be able to get after the quarterback and rush the passer. So that I look for in terms of drills and seeing who's going to emerge as that speedy linebacker or that veteran presence in the middle. That's going to be able to help stop the run. On the offensive side of the ball, it's all about Mac Jones. It's all about giving him the time that he needs to complete his throws, getting a synergy with his pass catchers, and also utilizing the running game, which has also looked very good between Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, and Ty Montgomery making a lot of uh, you know waves, too, both as, as a receiver and as a running back. He's making a strong case, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to be about the offensive line as well. Are they able to give him the time, meaning Mac, to adjust to those second, third level blitzes that gave Mac Fitz last year. That's going to be up to the line to be able to stop them. Do they have the prowess to do it? We'll find out in the coming days.
1: Tremendous stuff, Mike, my friend, please take a moment. Remind people where they can find you plug anything you want to plug. Let us know what's coming from you in the next couple of days and weeks.
0: Well, Mark, thank you. I really appreciate you having me today, and it's it's always my honor and always my privilege to join you. You can find me on the Bird app, as you like to say, buddy, uh, at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. You can follow uh, the Locked On Patriots account at LO underscore Patriots each and every day, Monday through Friday, bringing you the latest from Pat's camp and uh, the Pat's organization. and Anything and everything, news notes and analysis from Foxborough is covered, and you can catch all my written work at Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated, powered by fan Nation. Um, on my Twitter feed, there is a link to all of the great work that all of our great writers do at uh, Pats Country. Uh, we're really excited this season uh, to uh, to cover with a strong team. And uh, I'm just I'm looking forward to this season. Uh, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, go Pats.
1: It, it is going to be a lot of fun, Mike. And it's always a lot of fun being able to talk with you uh, for a little bit every day um, when we get to do these shows together and before and after the shows as well. But folks, that will do it for today. We are back. I will be back next week. Um, this will do it for episode 239 of the SCO show. Until then, friends, stay safe. Check in on your neighbors, check in on your loved ones, and wash those hands. And as you do, sit along and bless those Patriots' reigns down in Foxborough.